Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. When all this, is it rumor? Is that what we call it? Rumor, Twitter, social media? When all this stuff last night was going on with tracking this plane out of Eugene and Tuscaloosa and all of the question and like it messes with my it messes with my my life i can't imagine that it that it's a positive experience like for Dan Lanning's family or for duck fans out there who are trying to figure out what the heck is going on and hey i bought season tickets or i'm a sponsor or you know hey i'm I, i'm helping give to the NIL collective or what you know i can't imagine uh, people who are invested in other ways and what what goes on with them as they are waiting to hear like you know is Lanning leaving is it, and this is the third time in two years that Dan Lanning's had to go public and say hey I'm not leaving do people believe him do you believe him now do you believe him Dan Lanning Oregon coach joining us now I believe you I believe you're staying for for real though hundred <laughs> yes, percent I I said on yesterday's yeah. show I was telling people I said look. You you got to take him at his word. You got to look at his actions. You know, I'm looking at your kids. Your your oldest being in eight cities. Uh, you know, in his life, like he's settled into a school. He's made some friends. I got to think that matters. Yeah, it's uh, it certainly matters. And uh, it's funny you sit around the the dinner table last night, and I'm, we're just kind of laughing and joking with each other. And I'm saying, boys, what do you think? You ready to go? You know, to state number nine? And it you would have thought there was a mutiny about to happen in my house because they didn't realize I was just joking with them, but. Uh, yeah, we we like where we're at. We love this place. The the Oregon job. What makes it a good job in in today's world of college football? You know, great jobs in college football are a combination of things in my mind, like resources. Um, you know, I always talk about innovation when I come when I talk about Oregon. Like college football is changing so much, I feel like they're on the cutting edge. I've never been around a better administration in my life. Like I enjoy working with Rob Mullins. I enjoy working with our president. I mean, I, like the, it, everyone's working together. We're all rowing the boat in the same direction, you know, and that's a part of it. And then when you combine it with a great staff, um, you know, where we have some continuity and guys are going to be able to advance here and p- people leave here every once in a while. And I'm always hoping that we're getting guys opportunities. You know, I, I, I'm, our coaches aren't slaves to staying here. I don't want them to have to stay here forever. I want them to be able to take this job and turn it into the next great job for them, one that they can't say no to. Um, but we have a lot of coaches this this off season that uh, I can't tell you how many guys have been offered opportunities and they said no because they know where we're headed. And then we got a, a combination of great players and player acquisition. We're able to go get great players out of high schools. We're able to get great players in the portal because they realize and see the vision of everything Oregon's becoming and if we continue to to pour into this like you do when you work hard and when you care, we can make this the best job in the nation. We can, and uh, you know, I think we will. How how much does because it used to be facilities and proof of performance and maybe some geography. Now we have the NIL factor in this. How much does the buying power or the impact of Division Street have in making Oregon a great job? It all, it all makes it a great job. And if you're missing any part right now, which I think is what certain schools are running into, is like, well, we want to, we need more money for NIL, so we're going to not commit to facilities. We need, 
you know, uh, we're going to have a great staff and we're just going to get players that want to come play for the love of the game. And I think every coach would love to say that's what they're going to get. Um, but that's not reality. So, um, you know, we have a great structure here. We have a system in place that everyone else outside is trying to say, hey, man, how do we see what they're doing there? How do they do it so well? Um, but we, it's, it's more about people than anything. And we have the people here that have a vision um, of what they want this place to look like and how can they be a part of it. Like there's so many people that want to make this place a better place. And when you have all that, um, you, you get a chance to check every box. And we're one of the schools in the nation that checks every box right now. We're not content with staying the same. We're trying to figure out how we can be better. We always talk about growth mindset around here and we're trying to figure out, you know, how do we grow? How do we get better? Um, we're not where we want to be yet, but we're positioned to be in as good a place as anybody. So last night I, uh, I go to see a, a movie, and I'm you know while I'm in the movie, I'm that guy's got my phone dimmed, and I'm trying to like figure out like mm. do I need to walk out of the movie and go do some reporting? And what were you doing? And give me an idea, like when everybody's freaking out about your location, what's going on in your household? Well, I'm laughing because I'm sitting here in my living room, and my buddies are texting me like, "Hey, what are you doing in Tuscaloosa? I thought you told us you, you weren't going anywhere." I'm like, "I'm not." And they're like, well, there's a report on a local news station. I thought at first it was a, I thought it was like a Alabama station or something. I didn't realize it was a Eugene station. They said I wasn't in, uh, that I wasn't in Eugene. That I was in Tuscaloosa. And it's just, you know, it's it's pretty funny. But we we're watching Jason. You know, Caden's been really like, all right, Dad, what's our next series? What are we going to watch next? And mm-hmm. we did the mission. We did some of the Mission Impossible's. And he's like, I've been hearing about Jason Bourne. I can't remember what the first one is. I think it's Born Ultimatum, maybe. Um, I'm not sure if that's the first one or not. But whatever it was, we watched the first one last night. And, uh, yeah, so that's what we were doing. And then, Born uh, Identity. And Born then identity. I went on the walk. Born Identity. There you go. Yeah. So it's Born Identity. And uh, we watched that one last night. And then I went, like I do when I can, I, I went on a little walk in the neighborhood. It was a little bit rainy, so I had my umbrella rolling. But, uh, but yeah, I definitely wasn't somewhere else. I was here in town. Right when you're on that walk, are you thinking like you know, hey, back in the day when I was a graduate assistant, like it would have been cool to be seriously considered for this job or have people think that you know I could do that job? It has has your life changed so much now that you know when you're on that walk, are you doing any of that reflection? I, I reflect every day of how fortunate and and um, lucky I am to be you know where I'm at, but also. Uh, I'm cognizant enough to realize that I'm here because of other people and what opportunities have been afforded to me working with great people, you know, working for a guy like Nick Saban, working for a guy like Kirby Snart. That, that's what's afforded me, to, you know, those opportunities. But um, maybe even more excited that people would say, okay, look what, look what these guys are doing at Oregon. That's something we would love to have at our place. And that tells you like how good we got it right here. Right. And that's the part that I always told myself I wouldn't ever lose sight of like when you have a good thing, um, you know, don't don't lose sight of that. Dan Lanning with us, Oregon football coach. Uh, I imagine your kids go to school and they're going to get questions at school, you know, and their lives get impacted by it. You know, do you do you send them off to school with some talking points, or do you you guys handle that as a family? I don't think How, they do. Yeah. No, we're in a great place. I don't think they get bothered. I really don't. And I, and I, you know, I know one of my sons for sure tries to make sure nobody knows who who his dad is. So uh, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think that that's something that happens a ton at school. I really don't. I mean, you I know, don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it's something I need to educate him a little bit more on, but we don't no, but we don't I, talk I, about that. 
kids are honest though. Like you know, I imagine the answer that goes back and forth. Like my like my wife said, one of my kids was talking to one of her friends at school, and the friend had this impression that I was Australian. You know, because they said <laughs> I was Italian, and the kid, the mom's like, "So your husband's Australian? No, no." Like you, I think kids are just honest, and they they talk with each other. Give me an idea though. You know, you've had to do this three times in two years, where you have to come out and be like, "No, I'm staying. Yes, I, I'm staying. I'm really staying. I'm committed." And you know, grass isn't greener. At, at some point, do you do you think that you won't have to do that? Is this it? I mean, is this the one where everyone goes, "Hey, if he wasn't interested in Alabama, he's not interested in going anywhere." Well, it's funny. My uh, my brother Jordan tweeted something that says, "I don't know. I don't know if I believe him yet." You know, and I just thought that's hilarious. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, I mean, you hope at some point, you know, it's some. It's funny because of how many people try to use it in recruiting against us, right? That, right. oh, he won't be there, he's leaving. And it's like, well, what are you going to tell him now? You can't use that in, against us anymore in recruiting, I don't think. And I mean, even to the point last night where I'm on the phone with a recruit's mom and um, she had just gone through this process with her school and the coach did leave. And I said, well, some people, you know, they don't stand by the word. It's, it's just too common and, and – yeah. I think too many people have been heartbroken too many times, and so many coaches don't mind saying something and doing something else, and that's just not me. Um, so I get it. it. It's unfortunate that other people have lost trust because of the things they do, but that, I don't know why that affects you know what I do. Like that's I'm not that guy. So it is what it is. It's it's college sports, but hopefully we stay relevant and and uh, at the front of everyone's mind because of what we are doing on the field and. Um, I think my actions will always speak louder than words, and um, that's what I have to keep, you know, riding. Monday night, I'm in Houston. You pop up pregame, you know, halftime, ESPN. You got a little TV time. Uh, how did that come together? Um, just, yeah, a phone call saying, hey, we'd love to have you down here. We always get, you know, um, a coach on set that has some familiarity with the teams. And obviously we we played one of those teams a couple times. Um you know, and for us, you know, that's usually a night in college football where everyone's talking about uh, the two teams on TV, but we felt like it was an opportunity for there to be another team that they're talking about a little bit. And from a recruiting standpoint, side note, I got to meet Michael Jordan. Like, I got oh. to touch him. And he touched me on the shoulder. He touched me on the shoulder. I haven't washed my shoulder yet. So, like, I've, I've FaceTimed with him a couple times, but I got to, like, him, Derek Jeter, Travis Scott, like, come on, man. That's the moment you pinch yourself and you're like, what's this dude from Richmond, Missouri doing hanging out in the suite with Michael Jordan, Travis Scott, and Derek Jeter? Like, wild. So, that, um, but yeah, that's kind of how it came together. I guess that wasn't your question, but I no, just, I just thought about better. it. So I had to shout it. Yeah, shout it. Who's the did best? A, who's the greatest ever? Right? Like, who's a, the greatest ever? MJ or, or LeBron? What's your, what's your thought? Oh, you're a Kobe. It's like, Jordan. No, no, it's Jordan. Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah, it's Jordan. He he would kill you in ping pong, checkers, whatever game. He's an assassin. Super competitor, huh? Yes. Yeah. He's got the, yeah, he's got you, the X factor. He has the X factor. You know, George Plimpton wrote a book. You should read it sometime when you're on a plane. It's called The X Factor. That's Jordan. It's it's it, He's got it. And, you know, did you get a picture with those guys? I got a picture with Jordan. I didn't, I, you know, Travis Scott's been up here before. Um, you know, he came up, you know, he's with Nike, obviously, and he came up for the Worlds. And he came by the facility. So I have a picture in my office right now with me and Travis Scott. Um, I, you know, I was the guy that wasn't very smart that day. Instead of wearing Travis Scott's, I was wearing Jordan's. And I was like, you know, that wasn't that wasn't bright. I should have been wearing Travis Scott's. But, yeah, it. I've met him before. I'd never met Jeter before, you know, which was pretty dang cool. So, um, do you think, so yeah, I got a picture with Jordan. Do you think that you can pick things up 
by hanging out with Jordan, Jeter, Scott? Can, can you pick things out that can make you smarter, better, a better leader, a better coach outside of the X's and O's? Well, I think just watching them, you know, for, I don't think you have to be standing next to them. To necessarily be, like if I was able to sit down and say, hey, let's let's take two hours, I'd be the guy with a notebook out writing down a million things for sure. But um, that that hasn't been my experience yet. You know, like I said, I got to visit with Travis a little bit, which is pretty awesome um, last summer. But I haven't, you know, gotten that opportunity with, with Michael or Derek. But, yeah, there's no doubt that there's a ton to learn from those guys. But the thing that just sticks out to you about, you know, Jeter and Jordan is like ultimate competitors. Like it, like you just said, it doesn't matter what the game is. Like these guys played to win. They worked so hard at their craft um, to be the greatest, and that's the part that separated them, you know. Monday night, um, Michigan badly outrushed Washington. You saw it, and I was looking back at Oregon in 2011 in the title game, Oregon in 2015 in the title game, Washington on Monday night collectively outrushed. Get this, 853 to 253 in those three games. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's a problem with the big guys in the SEC and the Big 10 that has not been addressed in the Pacific time zone. And maybe it's there's not the bodies aren't there, but NIL feels like it's changing. Like you can get those guys now. Do you can you get those guys as you head off to the Big 10? Yeah, I think we can. I think it's evident you have to, right? Like you 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 saw some of those guys on the D-line there for Michigan and they were those boys were were creating some havoc. Um, you know, that it matters. So, it's certainly been a priority for me since I've got here um to enhance that and and continue to grow there and I think our staff's done a good job of that. Now it's about developing it um and continuing to get it to the point where it can make an impact for your team. So, um yeah, it matters. And, and you 100% can get those guys here at Oregon. They want to come play here at Oregon. You just got to put the effort and time in to go recruit them and get them here. Aiden Breland, Jericho Johnson, uh, Tiana Gray, um, Jaquan McCroy. I mean, those are big bodies, but you need layers. You need depth of those guys, don't you? Yeah, I mean, strength and numbers is what we always talk about, and it's not about just having one guy that can play. I mean, they were rolling – you saw Michigan rolling some D-linemen the other night and, uh, you know, a lot of positions the other night um, – that had success on the field for him. So definitely think that's an important piece. All right. So now you, you've posted, you've, you know, put this to rest. Um, you know, it, somebody's going to have to replace Nick Saban. You were there. You you coached under him. Um, that's like Frank Sinatra Jr. Or, or, you know, Tiger Woods is on the tee, and he says, join our foursome. I mean, you know, you're you're replacing a guy there at Alabama. Somebody is that, that won six national titles. That is does that come with pressure, additional pressure, or is there just pressure in general in, in the, in the uh, occupation you have? Well, there's pressure in general for sure, and, and anybody that expects the next person to step in there and be Nick Saban, that's unfair expectations um, as well. But, uh, you know, Nick has built an unbelievable program. Um, it has a, a, a great foundation. So whoever gets that job is going to be really fortunate to have um, one of the best setups in college football, and they should attract, you know, one of the best coaches in, in college ball. There's a lot of guys that can go there and have success. There's, I don't know if there's a guy out there that can go there and do what Nick did. You know, that what Nick did was is different. And uh, I promise you right now there's a lot of coaches watching that saying, okay, there's certain people they want to get that job and certain people they don't want to get that job because yeah. he's built it into something really special. And um, they'll be able to get a guy that's really good. There's no doubt. All right. All uh- right. You know, you guys, you talk a lot about your family, and I think people connect with it. And how important is it to you guys as a family unit to to have those kids in the 
same school or graduate from the high, same high school? What kind of goals do you have as a family in that in that realm? Well, that's that certainly has been our goal since we got here. My my youngest son's ten. Like I want to get him. You know, I want him to be at the same school. So you know, you'll graduate in eight years, right? And I'm hoping unless they hold him back, right? So uh, we got to get him graduated, right? And, and want it to be in the same school. They've got great friends, great relationships. They're involved in a lot of different activities here in town. So um, that's definitely was a goal for our for us when we got here, and uh, certainly want to make that happen. That means I got to win, right? Because if I don't win, I don't. We don't get to do that. But um, we're gonna win. Dan Lanning, your uh, parents are buried in snow. They got like eight inches of snow this week. And uh, how about that? They, they, Power do, you, went out. do you miss that? Do you miss that kind of snow? I miss like the fire and the snow outside. Like when you get the fire going, that's pretty cool. Um, I don't miss shoveling snow. No way. Um, so it's 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 almost better to see in a picture than to be there in person. Yeah, literally. Uh, you, uh, I, I'm looking at the snowfall and thinking. You know, d- Dad probably needs a snow shovel, or send him somebody to to go sh- shovel his yard like you used to do. So, Dan Lanning, thank you for joining us. Glad you're sticking around. I believe you. Um, maybe I'm a sucker, but I I'm listening to your words. I'm hearing your logic. I see the job at Oregon. I think that's a top five job right now in the country. I think you got a really good job. Let's make it number one, man. Okay, there you go. That's your job. Go make it. No doubt. All right. Dan Lanning, thank you. Appreciate it, John. Have a good one. You too. There he goes. Dan Lanning on his way. Um, it's interesting. His dad, Don, just texted me during the interview. He says, any way I can get the interview? Yes, you can get a podcast of the interview. I'll send it to Don as well. Uh, you can go to uh, anywhere you get a podcast and look for the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Uh, so much more ahead, but I want your reaction first to what you just heard from Dan Lanning, the University of Oregon football coach. He says he's sticking around. Do you believe him? Or is this another football coach who's saying what he's saying for now? I I think the audience is probably split on it. I believe him. I believed him yesterday. I believe him today. How about you? 503-417-7575. Well, I want to know what you thought about Dan Lanning's interview. I certainly think he's a recruiter. I certainly think that, you know, he's probably tired of answering the question, are you for real? Are you really staying? Uh, you know, I think he could have come out last night, put it to rest, waited till today to do it. Um, I, there may be a recruiting reason for that, but I want you—I want you to tell me what you think of the interview. What you think of him? His performance? What he had to say? His comments? Five zero three four one seven seventy five seventy five. Let's go to Mike, who's in Eugene, listening on Fox Sports. Eugene, go ahead, Mike. Hey, John. Uh, I thought it was a great interview. Uh, I like the personal touch. I've been a Duck fan. I'm 65. Been a Duck fan follower for uh, what forever, 45 years. I don't know, but uh, I think we need to transfer the name. We used to call Chip Big Balls. I think that goes to Dan. And I Does got need- a little story for you. Yeah, go ahead. I got a story. So in town, in the south of Eugene, there's a hill called Spencer's Butte. Yeah. A lot of people hike up there. You get a good view of the city. So my my son and his wife, they have twins. And uh, my daughter-in-law and her mom were up there taking the twins up the hill to the top, carrying them because they're not old enough to walk. At any rate, they met uh, this dude and his wife and, and three boys on the trail. 
on the way up. And so they talked to him for a while, and the, and the dude, they didn't know who it was. My daughter-in-law didn't know who it was. Uh, he commented, oh, these are like super moms carrying the kids up the hill. So they parted ways, and they went up the hill. At any rate, uh, my daughter-in-law's mother was there with one of the boys taking him up the hill. And she said, you know who that was? That was Dan Lanning. Pretty cool. Pretty cool brush with the Oregon coach. I mean, I, I do find the stuff, like the football stuff, he gets asked about in the post-game news conference. What did you think about 12 personnel? What were you thinking on third down? Why didn't you kick the field goal? You know, we, we can have those conversations, but I am far more interested in the family dynamic, um, you know, the philosophy of the family. Do they want the kids to graduate from the same high school? I had heard that. It was nice to hear him say that, that that's their goal when he took the job. And I, I him, hear him talk about NIL and how the landscape of, you know, the job itself has changed in the last two or three years. Um, very interesting to hear that. Mike in Portland. Mike, what'd you think of the Dan Lanning interview? First of all, John, uh, I'm gonna tell you something, man. When when he tells me that he want to stay in Oregon and not go to Alabama, that's just like taking a flight, and you tell the people you want to sit back in the coach and not ride first class. What would you think about a person like that who'd rather be back in coach hanging out with Andy Gump? No, man, I don't believe him. I think that Dan Lannon, Willie Taggart, and Crystal Ball must have had the same script writer because they said the same thing. We've heard these conversations before. I don't believe him. I don't believe that he'd rather be down in Eugene where it's cold, rainy, instead of being back in Alabama down south because down south, that's football capital. Down south, man, that's a gated community. Why would you want to live in a community where anybody can just roll on through? No, I don't believe him. And if he do want to stay in Oregon, then I have to ask a little bit about his character, man. What kind of guy don't want to fly first class? That's what he's telling you. Oregon Has the job first changed, class. though? Let me ask you this, Mike, because I know you're a Colorado guy. Has the job changed? Because it used to be all about tradition and facilities and your conference, you know, and now it seems to be more about can you recruit. In Coach Prime in Colorado, he can recruit. And Oregon with Division Street, they can recruit. And is it, has the game, has the job changed? Is the SEC in Alabama a little less desirable? I mean, is Nick Saban getting out? Well, the getting's good. Well, John, I'm going to tell you something, man. When you talk about this recruiting thing, look at Oregon, man. People have been saying Oregon that had this, been having these great football teams. I have to look at what the NFL is looking at. The NFL don't draft a lot of Oregon football players. Last year, how many guys went with uh, Kayvon Trubador? Who else got drafted down there? But you said they had a great team, but the NFL don't think so. So you got to look at that, man. How many people is Oregon putting in the NFL? It's not a lot of Oregon players in the NFL. Now, before I leave, let me tell you this. Uh, speaking of Colorado, uh, what, my man up there, 
they said he's looking at that job. He's on the short list. Mm. He might be there. Not Alabama. But I don't think he's. Do you think he'd win there? Would would is that a is that a, is that a good combination or is it a bad fit? Coach Prime hey, to Alabama. I don't I don't I don't know if you've been <laughs> keeping up with current events, man. But you know he just he's getting all of these um, got these gold jacket guys. He just got um, what's his name the the defensive guy. Um, man, I can't think of his name right now. Um, oh man, I can't think of that guy. Warren but he's Sapp. Getting, got, Warren Sapp. What's, Warren Sapp. Yeah. And he's and he's probably going to get T.O. He's getting all of these Hall of Famers, man. No matter where he goes, guys going to want to come. Yeah, but and those play guys can't him. those guys can't play. Warren Sapp's not going to play for him. You know, Michael Irving's not going to get in a time machine and play for him. You're going to have to get guys. You're going to have to get players. They didn't have play they didn't have enough dogs last year, Mike. John, John. Dan Lennon ain't never played the game. He's thirty some year old guy. You know, five years ago, man, he was almost a teenager. What can he tell a guy? He don't have a lot of life experiences. He got lucky because he knew somebody. Dan Lennon is there because he knows somebody. He's not there because he he put in his time. He paid his dues. He told you just just a few minutes ago that he's thankful that he he's there. Because of his relationships, Dan Lennon is not there because he know a lot. He's yeah, there I, because I, I think he's there because he can recruit. I, and I think it's the combination of Division Street, Nike, Phil Knight, Dan Lanning. You know, and you know, let's just be real. Oregon beat the pants off Colorado. I mean, it, you know, I'm giving Colorado a chance to rebuild here, but I think Colorado going to the Big Twelve is good. I think it'll be an easier rebuild in the Big Twelve. Well, you don't have to deal with Oregon and Washington, and frankly, Colorado won't have to deal with Oregon State, who beat them as well. Troy's in Tillamook. Troy, how's the cheese? It's good. Hey, John, I, just real quick, I wanted to say something about Dan Lanning. I think what what's making him stay in Oregon is he's such a competitor that he, he wants to build his own program and not take over somebody else's program. He I, wants it I, to be I his. I agree. And, and, you know, you talk about following Nick Saban. I mean, you know, hey, uh, hey, Troy and Tillamook, uh, Taylor Swift just sang a song. Now you get up there and karaoke. No way. <laughs> you know, like, you know, Nick Saban, that's that's a guy who might be a top five coach in the history of college football. And Nick Saban is literally saying it's a young man's game. Uh, NIL transfer portal. He's signaling to people, hey, Alabama's still a great job. Alabama's probably going to win. It's in the SEC. They've got a strong fan base. The NIL collective's decent. But there are others out there, like Oregon, like Miami. There are others out there that are starting to erode the advantage that Nick Saban had for years and years and years and years. Stephen, what'd you make of the Dan Lanning interview? Yeah, I mean, the, every time Lanning comes on and talks with you, John, it always seems so genuine. And he seems like he is a... I, I hate to even say put this out there. You know, he seems very truthful and seems like a good person. And it's hard to say those type of things when you talk about coaches because we see, you know, so many guys that aren't truthful and aren't necessarily good people out there in sports. And so it's hard. It's just one of those things where, for me, being a skeptic of you know a lot of things in life, it's hard for me to believe. But I will say, Lanning has me believing that like he's not going to leave Oregon, and maybe that makes me naive and he's going to leave next season. But it really seems like he's telling the truth. 
And I'm with you on that, on the fact that he wants to build something in Oregon. I think he wants to be the Nick Saban of Oregon, the Kirby Smart of Oregon. Like he looks at what those schools are, and they were the ones that put them over the top. You know, Alabama was down. You know, they had, obviously the history of Alabama is great, but when Nick Saban got there, they weren't a very good team. And then Nick Saban builds it up, and they have a statue of him out inside of the stadium. Kirby Smart probably is doing the same thing over in Georgia. Like, I think that's what Lanny wants. Lanny wants to have a statue of himself outside of the University of Oregon, outside of Austin Stadium. So I think Lanny, he's always done really good in the interviews. He's playing the media game really well right now. He's putting himself out there. He's doing McAfee. He's doing college game day. Uh, he's doing this. You know, he's out there and he's doing his thing. He's really running the game right now. I think he's doing a great job. If you're a Duck fan, you got to be happy that it sounds like you have a young coach in his late 30s. Now, whether you know he hasn't won the biggest games yet, but he's a great recruiter, elite recruiter, you got him locked in. It seems like he's not leaving for anywhere. He understands marketing, too. Let's let's be real. There's part of me that I'm watching last night as the news is out there, and I'm like, why isn't Lanning coming out to refute it? Why isn't he doing it on social media or reaching out to me or some other media member going, hey, I want to shoot this down. I'm not leaving. You know, I get it, family time. I also think he probably was in contact with his recruits saying, hey, look, I'm not going anywhere. But, you know, maybe there's a reason. Maybe he was recruiting some Alabama guys. You know, the minute that Saban announces he's leaving, it's it's open season. Can we confirm on, there was a plane to Tuscaloosa or not? I, If there was, Dan Lanning wasn't on it. And I knew that last night that he wasn't on it, but I didn't have it from a source that, you know, be, that I could go public with. I'm I'm a little concerned that Kval there in Eugene reported that with such enthusiasm. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face. Hey, sorry Truth to interrupt Network. the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.